it's house. not about it being for you. It's maybe about your kids or your grandkids, you know? Maybe the actions that you take today can set your family up for massive success. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. Welcome back to another episode of Where Should I Invest? I'm Sarah Larby and uh, I'm really excited. I have one week left of the job world, the corporate world, October 1st, my retirement date. And I'm looking forward to having that time, the freedom, the ability to do what I love to do, which is real estate and, you know, do more of it but still be able to take some additional time to spend with my family, my friends, you know, once things open up again, hopefully we can travel. So super excited, I will say though, for a job. I had an amazing job. I probably had the best boss, I think, in the world and a great, amazing team. So I, I was super lucky. I enjoyed what I was doing, but ultimately at the end of the day, I was doing real estate to create the freedom and throughout, I guess, all of the last six months, I was just looking at my financials. I was looking at my goals and realized that at this point in the game, I don't necessarily need the job income anymore. And I've been refinancing what I could and all that good stuff. So just really plan this out with my team as well, my mortgage broker, et cetera, to be able to do this as smoothly as possible. And, uh, and it's, it is really cool to feel the effects of all of that work and the dedication and the time it is, you know, time that you invest in learning and in doing and, and all that stuff and the ups and downs. And I'll tell you, it's all worth it at the end of the day. Yes, there's sacrifices that we made in the beginning. But you know, at the end of the day, I think this is this is the ultimate goal is not to need to work for 30 plus years to be able to create a different lifestyle. Because we only have one life. And so I hope you guys are on your journey to creating that freedom for yourselves. So October 1st, I'm excited. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't have any type of celebration just because of COVID. So we might have to do that next year. However, I will introduce you to today's guests. Today's guests are Alex and Kaylee Powell, real estate investors, and they are awesome. They are uh, the owners of Powell Property Solutions located in Hamilton, Ontario. And I'll tell you, if you have children at home and a lot of things and a lot of moving parts, I mean, they're prime examples of how you can still make it work. So I'm super excited to have them on the podcast for you guys to get some insights and some strategies and, and what Alex and Kaylee have been able to do to build their portfolio. They primarily focus on my, my favorite strategy, which, which is the Burr model, and they do some, some flipping as well. They've acquired some multi-properties, like um, an eightplex in Hamilton, some mixed-use properties, etc. They're severing. So lots of great information in this podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. And it, by the way, if you have not left a rating and review and have listened to a lot of these podcasts, it would be amazing if you could leave a rating on Apple's podcast or however you guys listen to this. That would be awesome. And if you have any questions, reach out to me. You can either do so at my website, sarahlarby.com, or send me an email, sarah at sarah larby.com. Thanks so much. Welcome Alex and Kaylee Powell to the show. I'm excited to have you guys. How are you? We are fantastic. Excellent. Super sure. excited to be on. So thank you so much for having us. So we had you originally on the Right Club podcast with Alfonso and I think you were, I want to say you were expecting James at that point in time. 
Um, yeah. Or maybe you were just, yeah. yeah you were. Expectations have come to fruition. <laughs> and he's upstairs having a bath right now with his grandma. How old is James now? Seven months. Yeah. Very cute. Awesome. So for those of, uh, of the listeners that have not listened to the Right Club podcast, who is Kaylee and Alex? And what is your real estate investing strategy? Want to take it away? Uh, sure. So Alex and I were, we met originally uh, through real estate. We were on an investment team in Hamilton. Um, Alex had already been investing independent of that. And then together we started purchasing properties. Um, so we ended up getting married. We have a family. We've started our own investment company. Uh, we're full-time investors. We still have a real estate team that I spearhead. Um, yeah. And our strategies predominantly our burr um, burrs and flips and flips yeah we yeah. do do quite a few rehabs as well that's awesome so how did you get started originally well i actually took the probably the most difficult paths in every step of this journey <laughs> i uh like so first of all i started house hacking that's the and i advocate that for any person who's trying to buy a home right now prices are a little bit higher so it's literally the most effective way to get into the real estate game. Um, so what I did, I was renting a place. I remember I was renting a place for like 650 bucks a month out in Cambridge. I bought a property in Hamilton and I lived in one of the bedrooms and I had, it was three bedrooms total. I turned the living room into my bedroom. The basement was unfinished and uh, I finished up the basement, added a bedroom there, which I eventually moved down into. So buying the house and solely renovating it with every single paycheck that came in, I eventually was getting paid $500 after all my expenses to live in my own house. And I was, cool. this is wild. So if you think of the difference, like $500 plus the, the gain in rent that I was paying out of pocket, you're actually like what, 1150, right? So that 1150 went like, I still lived the same lifestyle that I would have prior to. And it all went to the bank and I used that money to buy another property at came, uh, Kitchener, which I went through the legal duplex process on. And then from there was, you know, I met some guys at work. We decided to flip together. Then I did a flip myself, made more in that year than my whole salary. So I said, see ya. Mm -hmm. and that was That's, it. It. That's awesome. Kaylee, what about you? How did you get started? So I got started just being in real estate in general. So when I got my license, um, I ended up, I joined a team where I would say probably 90% of our business was with investors. So I started as a, a buyer agent working only with investors. Um, yeah. And I just caught the bug. Now I had already been saving for years before that to buy my first house because that was like the goal. I couldn't wait to actually own a home. But again, I came from, I think most people's backgrounds where your parents tell you, you know, pay off your mortgage as soon as you can. Like that's the goal. So once I started to find out how these people were buying, you know, several properties and, you know, mortgages aren't a bad thing. They can be a really excellent source of leverage. It just, it blew my mind. And I was like, this is a way better way to look at investing and just, you know, multiplying your income and making it work for you instead of, you know, buy one house and work nine to five for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did you guys originally start separate? Like, did you start when you knew each other or before you knew each other? Alex started before, and then I started investing once we met each other. Yep. Cut the bug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we first, we bought an impulse purchase, a house in Niagara Falls. 
uh, when we just started dating, I think we've been dating for like two months and we're like, I'm going to put an offer in on this property. And we're like, sure. <laughs> no finances. Didn't talk about it. We got it. <laughs> we're sitting at like a family function. The house is like full of people. And I get a text message. You got the deal. Congratulations. And I like pulled Kelly aside. I was like, you got the deal. And we're like, okay. <laughs> we got to figure, gotta out, figure out financing. <laughs> So that's amazing. Well, it is pretty cool that you, I guess, both took that leap because I mean, it could have gone, I mean, you guys are married now. You've been together for a while. It could have gone different. (laughs) Yeah. You got to be careful. Definitely who you partnering with. (laughs) But at that point I was, uh, I was hooked. So, you know, she couldn't get rid of me that easily. (laughs) That's always a good first step if it's going to work. Yeah, that's buy true. A property together. If, if you, you like it, then it. you should have bought a house with it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. So let's fast forward to your latest deal. What is that today? So we actually just purchased a eightplex in Hamilton, just off of Ottawa on Cannon Street, mm-hmm. uh, close on is, Valentine's Day. Yeah, which is very fitting. Yeah. Very romantic. Yeah, yeah, but um. <laughs> That's very exciting. So we've got that one going on. We're just finishing up our own office, which uh, we've got a really cool, you know, front sign logo that says Pal Property Solutions, which once again is, you know, in the same real estate investing fashion, it's a mixed use. So our office is like a bullpen in the front and then we have a three bed behind us and a two bed above us. So mm-hmm. rent for free, you know, you gotta, but um, otherwise we've also got one that we just firmed up last week in a Welland. It's a, currently it's a two commercial, two residential, and we're converting it to a fiveplex and it has a detached residential behind it. So we're going to be, it's a big construction project, but it's going to just be wild, the returns on that thing. So be the first time we've severed a lot as well. Yeah. We, we haven't, haven't gone through severance before. So that how, do, how do you sever a lot? Like just, what is the process? Just an application actually. So I actually went to the city. It was part of the, the due diligence because we have partners on it too. So, you know, you never want to use somebody's money on a deal where you're like, I think we can sever this. <laughs> That's not how it works. Okay. <laughs> you have to make sure you can sever it. So luckily enough, the properties at one point were both separated anyway. So the reason that they merged was because the same owner owned both parcels of land. So now in Ontario, they just automatically merge the titles. And, yeah. and, and so it's a bit of a pain, but so we went to the city that like, actually it would be very favorable if you did, because then it would kind of go back to what it, what it should be or what it was. Right. So, and actually, you know what you break, you raise a good point because if you buy a property next to the other property and you don't do the paperwork correctly, they merge. But you know what? A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. So yeah. Verify with your lawyer. If you do not want them to merge, make sure that the paperwork is done correctly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, they're already merged, so we'll have yeah. to unmerge them. But right, you- but whoever bought them and did this originally, yeah, yeah. So now yeah. you're you're taking it apart from. Well, I've heard stories because I was talking to my lawyer about the same thing, and there's been stories where people unmerge them, and then they close on the property or whatever they held the property for a certain amount of time as they're renovating in the same name, and then the city goes through their process again and just remerges it. <laughs> it's just so annoying. But so what they suggested is if we go for um like a severance, you, you close on the severance on a different name. So so like a corp name and then your personal name or two corps. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably two separate corps. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. I want to take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce you to some of my amazing contractors. 
On this week's episode, I wanted to introduce you to Rob and Joel from White's Elm Design Build. And Rob and Joel just finished my major renovations on my latest Burlington project. And it was a full renovation and absolutely worth it. They've been super easy to work with. I wanted to give you guys some insights on some of the services that they offer their clients and they focus on Oakville to Hamilton and beyond, but they're really great. Like if you guys are ever in a property and you want to FaceTime or video call Rob or Joel, they can actually give you some insights on what to look for and also how much we are looking at renovations. Because if you're thinking about doing a flip or a burr project, the reno part is really important to get right to also figure out how much it's going to cost and what renos are going to be needed to get the actual maximum after repair value. So super important. They will gladly do these video calls or conference calls with you guys to give you some of those insights. They're really good at getting back to clients quickly. They can also do physical walkthroughs. If you guys are thinking about purchasing a property or you have it under contract, they can do that with you. They're super professional and uh, they've been very involved in my latest project and uh, really on the ball. So super easy to communicate with. They finished on time, on budget which is really important as we know. And they've got a whole team of trades. They line them up so that they're as efficient as possible. And they work with a lot of investors, but they also do some of the higher end flip types of projects too. So they work on everything in between. They're fully licensed, insured, WSIB covered. So feel free to reach out to them. They are able to be found at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. That is white elmdesignbuild.com or you can send them an email joel j-o-e-l at whiteelmdesignbuild.com or rob at whiteelmdesignbuild.com good luck on your next projects now back to the show yeah no you know what it's like it's like those little things like when you're just starting out in real estate you don't necessarily know everything and i mean even if you've done it for many years like i still don't know everything but this is some of the stuff that you learn over time or by listening to these podcasts where you're like, really, if I buy the house next door, it's going to merge as one property and then somebody's going to have to sever it or I'm going to have to fix it after, you know, after the mess up happens. So yeah, something and, and to... things like, like variances and stuff like that. Like I'm sure you've gone through the, the committee of adjustments process before. Yeah. Like, you're subject to the city's time frame. And oh they, my God. Hamilton. <sighs> I, I don't even want to say anything right now. It's all being recorded. <laughs> yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, yeah a lot I, of people reporting directly we, to the city. So we, we did a conversion <laughs> once in downtown Hamilton, and we had an architect. This is before we we now work with Ken, uh, who I'm sure you've yeah. Ken, Ken, guys, if you're listening to this, work with Ken. Like, there is no better yeah. person to help you with conversions and going to the city and I know. buying for this. Is, this is pre-Ken days. We be, our the yeah. architect was, you know boasting how oh yeah i've done this a million times he went to the committee of adjustments and he forgot to include one of the variance line items so we once we got approval went through the building permit process and after their 10-day process they took a look and like oh you're missing this we had to go through the entire process again i just it's, it's frustrating i didn't use ken and ken was super swamped and back in the day his wife was was a little bit sick and i used someone else and i regret it to this day i should have just waited for ken yeah yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. He's our go-to now too. Love you, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't even recommend anyone else. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's other people that are good, but I'm just like, he's the only one that I know is like that efficient and that fast. And like, yep. That you trust. And that's, yeah, that's it. Trust. Like, so, yeah. you know, once again, you know, coming from the startup, the amount of people I've had to fire in my life way out trumps the people that I've had swimming relationships with, because unfortunately sometimes you, you know, you deal with people, you're trying to do something faster or quicker rather than following the process that's been established and the systems mm-hmm. that are in place. You try and take a shortcut, get burned. I don't know how many shoddy contractors I've had to walk out the door, but it's, yeah. it's part of the learning process and you now we get bit, just keep going. But you know, that brings up a good point because as real estate investors that have a certain number of properties or a certain number of years of experience, shit happens. We get, you know, there's tons of stuff all the time and there will be tons more. This is not a passive investment, but you know, like when you look back and you guys look at like all of the problems and the issues that you dealt with, like, what would you say to new investor? Is it worth it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly, it's like. It's such a small thing. You, new investors, they, like so many people I've talked to, like, I don't want to go unclog toilets on Christmas Eve. Like, that, you're, <laughs> you're the same through. Don't you, though? Like, yeah. like, oh, I can't deal with terrible tenants. It's yeah, just not like, for the me. The tenants like, will trash the it's house. It's not about it being for you. It's maybe about your kids or your grandkids, you know? Maybe the actions that you take today can set your family up for massive success. But when you focus in on the minutia of, like, Oh no, I've got to go like, you know, the city posted notice on our, our door because the tenants didn't mow the lawn and the grass was getting too long, but they're, you know, they need to cut the grass. So like, I got to deal with it. But at the end of the day, it's such a small element of what I have to deal with. And the other thing I tell people is like, you work a day job, whatever day job it is, you make 30 bucks an hour and if you accumulate that for the year i don't know what that comes out to in salary but let's say it's like 70 grand if you look at like a property that is just generating like 500 bucks cash flow at the appreciation we're seeing like you can make like maybe two of those will make up the same amount for doing nothing and the mortgage pay down like every year i mean let's just say you have a 250 or 300 thousand dollar property that's six to seven grand mortgage pay down a year yeah Plus your, you know, four to five percent appreciation plus the cash flow. I mean, yeah, like or I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Well, okay, well you can go to work for nine to five for the rest of your life. Whereas, you know, Kaylee and I are probably thinking about retiring in the next four to five years. We're thirty-one. You know. Well, we won't retire, but we could, <laughs> and that's yeah. a very nice feeling. You know what? I think it's funny too, because I'm like, I, so I can retire this year. I can probably retire next year. I think my, at this point, my, my work knows that I'm not doing it for the salary per se. And, you know, mm-hmm. after this last refi, I technically was, was told by my mortgage broker that I'm good <laughs> to leave. So I think it's really cool to have that choice. Right. But you know what I was thinking? I'm like, there's people like me and you guys might fall into the same boat. I couldn't just actually retire and do nothing for yeah, like maybe same. like a week or two would be fun on the beach, but then I would be bored as hell and I would have to do something else. And it would probably be, you know, work quote unquote, like it wouldn't feel like work, but of some kind to be progressing and creating new goals. How, like, yeah. how are you guys with that? We're very much like of the mindset. If you're not like growing, then you're ripe and rotting. 
<laughs> yeah. I honestly, like, I don't, we can barely even sit still for a weekend. We have a day off and we sit and we're like, you know, it, then we start doing stuff. Like it's very rare that we're ever not doing something. So I honestly, I couldn't see a day where we don't work, but if you have the choice and you choose to work versus you have no choice but to work. It's a very different feeling. And honestly, if you like really love and enjoy, and there's challenges in investing, mm -hmm. um, no doubt, you know, and there's stressors too, but I would say nine times out of 10, we're like, we get to do this for a, a living and it's amazing. Yeah. And that's cool. It's also like, I like, I like what you were saying about the choice. Cause that's what, for me, retirement isn't stop working. I would go crazy. I'd last two days, ask her, mm -hmm. we can't sit still for Christ's sakes. But um, for me, it's it's the choice to do what we want to do. And by retirement, it's actually, for me, it translates to complete financial freedom. Whereas I can go out and try something brand new, like, you know, invest in another business, you know, start a restaurant or whatever. Like, I'm just yeah. throwing ideas out there. But it, it's retiring from, from having to be trapped in the rat race financial freedom. That's awesome. So I hear James in the background and I want to ask a question yeah. about, you know, your lives and oh. how it's changed. You heard that, did you? <laughs> I'm in my mind thinking like, oh my God, my mother, mother, like. <laughs> no, but you know what? This is yeah. real life and it's really cool to see that you guys are doing it. And you know, there's people out there that might be like, how, how do people do it with no kids or with kids? And how do people do it with jobs and how do we, but you're making it work. But I'm just curious because <laughs> James, you said is seven months. How has your lives changed for the better or for the worse? I'm assuming it's going to yeah. be for the better, but how has your it's lives changed? With it's, it's, um, quite frankly, Kaylee and I can't be selfish anymore. And by what I mean is like, we used to be like, hey, you want to like go to the cottage for the weekend, just whatever, or like. We want mm. to, like, we went to Dominican Republic for like four days. We found a great, you know, like that kind of thing. For now, everything that we do is more geared and around the life of James. And we're okay with it, right? It's not like it's a, it's a burden. It's actually said, like something you really look forward to every day. Like I love coming home to see him and spend a, 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 some time with him before he has to go to bed. The challenge becomes coordinating, right? The challenge becomes that like now there's a third person involved and that's what i mean by we can't be selfish we can't it's not just about us anymore because kaylee and i could take care of ourselves and when we we're together it was fantastic whatever mm -hmm. but now there's a third person who's dependent on us right so yeah. there always has like even like you know the right club there's been a few days where like, we can't find a babysitter so what are we going to do right yep or whatever the case may be he now plays the vital role and it's it's worth it every step of the way. He's really cute. I see all these Instagram pictures of him all the time. So he seems like a great baby. He is. He is, he is despite the, the crying. He's just not happy because normally I put him to bed. <laughs> oh, that's a routine, right? So my mom's up there. <laughs> that's funny. So when it comes to what you're working on and you know, your, your acquisitions, your, you mentioned that with the eight plex and the severance you're using, jvs or other people's money how are you structuring that now because you can only get really to a certain amount by yourselves before you have to look outside yeah mm -hmm. so we do most of our projects uh well the eight unit being uh just a, it's a partnership a partner and i went in 50 50 he's another real estate investor but 
I'd say 99% of our joint ventures, uh, of our properties that we burr are all joint ventures. So what we do is we source the property, we deal with all the construction, we deal with all the permit tree, we walk it from point A to point B or point Z, I guess. Yeah. And the joint venture literally just writes a check. So we actually just um, went out for dinner on Friday celebrating with one of our joint venture partners because we just wrapped up a burr and we pulled out $38,000 in surplus. Nice. Yeah. So, so that is after, just to clarify, that is after you paid back all your rental, your holding costs and your down payment. Yeah. yeah. And so that's like, happened. that's what you call a home run. We call it the infinity property. So nice. we, we have a few infinity properties, which means like infinite return because at that point, the partners got their money out. We've got our money out. Their jaws smashing towards the floor and we're just like, you know, badass you know it feels really good <laughs> but right? realistically though like let's just face it like you might get one out of those every 10 or so like if oh, you're waiting if somebody's out there waiting for that perfect like hole in one or full burr yep I, I would say on average our burrs are usually like we're keeping 50 60k in the deal yeah right? yep. yeah and, and still and that's like, still a great return yeah, it is. If you're like if you're making 82 yeah. percent on your money okay well hey, you, i'll take that anytime yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. So how did you find it? Like, how did you find this, this burr that you just did that you're like home run? That one was actually uh, a cold call. I believe it was a oh, well, old database that we had. Yeah. Um, so, so from real estate, yeah, we do a lot of cold calling like on our team. Yeah. So we still have a, we have a fairly substantial database. That's just all seller leads, that kind of stuff. So this was a good yeah, one. There. This was an old one that we dug up. Um, the sourcing, like right now, that's the hardest part. I'm sure you, you, you're probably facing the same thing as fun. Mm -hmm. Like the money is not hard anymore. When I show somebody, I'm like, we just did this, right? Here's a picture of it. And we made 82% return. Yeah. You know, if, if I bring that deal to you and you have spare cash, would you be willing to invest? People are like, hell yeah, I would. Right. But, uh, the deal is the hardest part. And we've had joint ventures that are sitting in the pipeline now for months and they're like, Hey, buy anything. And it's like, I wouldn't put my money towards it solely. I'm not going to put yours in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, I would rather take a bigger risk on my, if it was my own money than somebody else's money. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's more other people's money is more valuable in the yeah. sense that it has your reputation attached to it. You could bomb on a property and no one could see, and you could go to bed and be like, Oh, crap. I, you know, embarrassed but you yeah. live but, but you, you know live. what you you hang on to it long enough it'll be fine regardless Absolutely. <laughs> that's the beauty of the burr is literally it's like it, you wait long enough and it corrects itself mm -hmm. but still like you're absolutely right I, I share the same like we share the same theory behind other people's money is that it's vital and we yeah. treat like it's a business right we're here to create a return we're not just here to throw money at the wall right so no absolutely i mean i th i think it's like you said it's really hard in this market to find deals. And so we just bought, we just bought a sixplex mixed use in Woodstock, but it was off market. Yeah. But everything I'm seeing out there, just, it's just going like the things that we would want as investors, that would be a good burr. There's like a property in Brantford that could have been a great conversion and 20, actually, no, it had 17 offers, 17 yeah. offers on it in Brantford. So it's just, it's just nuts. It's going to correct. I mean, right now we have very low inventory just because of the timing too. And I mean, there's lots of global factors going in as well. It will like, we'll soften a little bit in the spring once yeah. we actually get more product out there. 
but yeah, everything Hamilton's the same way, right? We're all, it's a very competitive market everywhere. Yeah. No, I like, yeah. How do you like the market in Woodstock? Sorry? How do you like the market out in Woodstock? You know what? I think it has a lot of good upside, like the, the population growth and, uh, you know, the proximity to other markets. I, I think it's got, I think it's where I was in Brantford maybe three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, in the beginning I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to stick to Brantford and the only market that I want to do is Brantford because my team it's easier. But at some point you have to move somewhere else because the deals that you were able to do back then are not the same deals. So you might have to move a little further or yeah, a little if you closer. See a good opportunity. I mean, you've got the skill set now and you've got your team around you, so you can take it and move it right and emulate it elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think it still would be my recommendation though, for somebody that starts to, if they buy their first one to try to buy their second and at least their third in the same proximity for some. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I, uh, I found it was challenging because I bought my first place in Hamilton and I moved out to Kitchener. But every time something went wrong, at that point, I was still so like, you know, managing everything myself, I would have to drive back to, to take care of it. Now I don't care. We, that property in Kitchener, we were laughing. I haven't seen it for a year and a half. Yeah. I mean, there's properties that I haven't seen. Like I, I actually send somebody to do like even some of the inspections, like the semi-annual inspections and like I'll do the fire, like, yeah. you know, checks and everything like that and get the signatures. I'm like, there's some properties I haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Us too. Which is grateful they're still standing. <laughs> <laughs> Those checks come in. I'm like, yeah, it's, everything seems to be fine, you know? But I think that's part of the mindset. So like, and I do want to talk about that for a second because, you know, I was just in one of my properties the other day and I was showing some of my students and the property had been burned like three two and a half, three years prior. And it was like pretty much brand new. And then I'm looking around, there's scuffs on the walls. There is like cracks in some of the cupboards, but I'm like, if I was brand new, I would lose my shit. <laughs> but now I'm like, I like made my money and then I made my money some more. And now the tenant's moving out. I can get some extra cash flow because she's paying like $15.45. I'm going to be renting it for $17.95. I'm like, you're moving out? Sweet. Little yeah. holes. But you know, it's, it's, it's about the perception because I think ultimately if you look at it as an investment, and you don't care about the little things, you'll be fine. But what, what you don't want as a new investor is like, you're like, oh my God, I just fixed this. I just burned it like two years ago. And then I have to now put another two grand of work into it between tenants. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, no, a hundred percent. Like a lot of the burrs we've done in the last, I'd say two years have been like full gut burrs. Mm-hmm. Cause like it's old plaster. And like, by the time you're, you're shimming up the plaster to make it all match nicely, you just gut it and you know, just redo the drywall, right? But you go through all this extra effort to make a beautiful unit that's going to show nicely. And when the tenant turnover comes around, I'm always like, how? Yeah. How, how can this happen to like, how can it be so bad? But at the beginning, you're right. It's like this anxiety comes over. Of like you see all the work ahead of you. But nowadays, it's like, well, okay, well, we made bank on this. And to be honest, the fix is like, What's it cost to slap a bit of paint on the wall? Yeah, the tenant turnover cost should be built in to anything anyway, because you're going to have small things. But we've also started to be more mindful on like the products we use in our renovations, the finishes, because again, it you need to anticipate that they're going to be beaten up. Absolutely. So what what kind of products durable? 
the big one was vinyl. So we switched to vinyl flooring on all of our properties now. It's like a higher end luxury vinyl, but it's waterproof. It's more resistant um, versus like a traditional laminate. Yeah, you don't get that wood. mushrooming when they spill water on it. And it like yep. start right where the two meat starts to, you don't get any of it. You can like dump water right on it. It's just perfect. That's a big one. Quartz is another one. Yeah, right? we do quartz countertops instead of cheaper ones. We have an amazing ones. quartz supplier that comes out of Scarborough. And for us to do quartz instead of laminate, it's like, I'd say we're paying probably double, but it's still so much more affordable. That single price is so much better than a tenant leaving a pot on that laminate countertop mm-hmm. and then it singes it and you're cooked. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment and introduce you to a key member of my power team. Dylan Suter is my realtor who's been working very hard to find me amazing deals. And Dylan, I'm a big proponent in working with realtors that are investors. And Dylan is truly an investor. Welcome, Dylan. And thank you so much for being a sponsor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I want to first thank you for having us as a sponsor. We're really grateful to be working with you and all of the support you've given us over the past couple of years. So thank you so much for that. And our focus as Elevation Realty is to focus our attention primarily on real estate investors that are looking to replace their active income with a passive income and go enjoy what they like most, such as time with the family or up at the cottage, whatever it may be. So what we do is we focus our attention on creating a plan specific for each client, whether that is something they want to have five properties in five years and be able to sit on them for 10 years and then sell them and retire on the the equity. Or if they're looking to scale their portfolio and retire in the next 12 months, we can look at doing that as well through joint ventures or Airbnb short-term rentals. We can talk through buildings, buy, renovate, refinance, single family purchases, and the list goes on. That's awesome. Now, Dylan, if people wanted to reach out and get help from you, where can they go? They can check us out online at www.elevationrealty.ca, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, or they can email us at info at elevationrealty.ca, Give us a call or text at 905-592-4220 or check us out at The Right Club or other meetup groups that we're usually at as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dylan. It is awesome working with you as always. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. And it's so much more durable. And you know what? I 100% agree because my kitchens, when I redo them as well, even if it's in Brantford, I'll cheap out on some other things, but I'm like the counters... They're always quartz and yes, they last. And they it's the look first good. thing that people see too. Yeah. And yeah. it's a luxury, but it's like, Absolutely. you know what, for the price difference and the fact that they're going to stay between tenants as they turn over. Yep. It's worth yeah. it. It's a wow factor, but it doesn't cost a lot. And those are, if, if you can kind of key in on those things, um, even like hardware choices, like just choosing things that are more user-friendly that aren't going to get as much wear and tear, you know, being mindful that the doors aren't hitting. Another Walls, good one is, kind of um, is instead of using MDF baseboards, to use wood baseboards. And it's a little bit more cost per square foot. We have a chief supplier, once again, out of Burlington. So like in, if you look at Home Depot, it would be comparable kind of thing. But once again, when water gets spilled, people leave like slushy boots pushed up against the wall. After one year, if it's MDF, it all starts to mushroom out, right? And it's that that perception that people have when they walk through it. Yeah. Now it looks ratty. With baseboards, you just, you know, they look scuffed up. You just throw some paint over top of it and you're golden. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Yeah. Really great tips. So I can keep asking you questions because this is fun. Like I'm drinking wine. You guys are talking. We're having a great conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. We should have had wine. <laughs> but the next part of the podcast is our lightning rounds. So I'm going to ask you each five questions. You can answer them together or separately, however you want. If you have separate answers, feel free to say your own. Okay. And first thing that comes to mind, are you ready? We are. Yeah. Yep. Fire away. All right. Question number one. What is your favorite real estate investing book ever? Uh, I, you know what? The first one that comes to mind is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the reason that I love it is that it, it's a great gift we've given to a lot of our younger cousins and our younger family members. It's a good gift to give a young person who you could make a big impact just with a book. It just shifts the mindset. So that's why I like that one. Yeah, that was a good one. I, I would have to agree. If a close second for me was uh, Don Campbell's book, uh, How to Invest in Real Estate in Canada Using the Acre System, and only because it has like a spot in my heart for being one of the first books I've ever read. It really got me into it. So, Both great books. Absolutely. Number two, your favorite podcast. Do you guys listen to podcasts? And if so, do you have a favorite one? Oh, uh, yes, we do actually. Um, the Right Club one has actually. Yeah, that got us to into listening to podcasts. Actually. Yeah. A, um, Bigger I pockets. Also, really like, especially when we bought the Canada Street property, Mark's got one, uh, Peak Properties, Mark Baldazar. He's got one on multifamily. You've actually put out some awesome content. So, we've listened to a bunch of your stuff too, uh, especially in preparation for this. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of the real estate investors seeing ones in Canada. Um, I like bigger pockets, but I like the content out of the Canadian ones that we've seen. So um, that to me is a little bit more relevant. All right. Awesome. Number three, what is your favorite pastime? What do you do for fun when it's not about real estate? Uh, We entertain a lot. So whether we're having people over for dinner, we go out for dinner. Um, we like to host. So, I mean, having things at our house is big. So we always host. We're the, we're the ones that do all the family dinners. Which you and your hubby are coming to soon. Yeah. So, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring the booze. <laughs> We've got plenty of that. I don't know if you've seen Nash back here. Yeah. I feel like, oh, that's a shortage. Look at that. For those of you listening, he's got, I don't know if you got like 25 bottles there <laughs> on the we're, counter. We're thirsty. Not in this household. It's a rule. <laughs> Awesome. Question number four. If you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? Oh, we, uh, we just start buying. <laughs> well, to be honest, go to networking events. If I lost everything, I you couldn't take my knowledge away. That's true. That's and you couldn't take my confidence away. And so, well, maybe that would. I don't know. It depends <laughs> on what why I lost the money. I was gonna say if it depends on why we lost. But yeah. I mean, if it's a down market, it seems like a good time to buy. So I think we just be trying to buy. Well, I can't wait till the next down market. It's a heyday. But anyway, um that I would just keep going to networking events and keep building more relationships with people because at the end of the day, if you lose everything and you need money that you can invest into something, then you have to go where there are investors so that you can network with them and get mm-hmm. to know them. And yeah. And that needs to be your value you bring. Totally. Absolutely. And, and you guys bring a good point in a down market, people that are active in real estate, this is a great time for us. Absolutely. Um, this is a time where we can find deals and there's not like 17 offers on a piece of property because people that are just starting will be scared. Wait the the next, you know, downturn yeah. in the market. And the funny thing is, is that rent is to, uh, like, what is it? Inproportional or what's the, uh, not proportional, the, the inverse. 
right. uh, in yeah. a down market. Down right? market rents so are high. In a down market, you have more need for renters. Mm -hmm. People are foreclosing, they need a place to stay. So on you'll have massive people like, aren't buying they can't afford to yeah. or don't want to it's it's a, a funny phenomenon to be honest with you when that takes place so um now quite frankly in southern ontario there's such a need for housing that i don't know if any market is really going to be a down market anytime soon but i'll ride the no. wave i i don't think so i mean if if there's a little pause in this craziness i will gladly take it because uh deals are getting harder and harder to find and you know i was talking to somebody from the globe and mail that was like emailing me saying you know what's gonna what are your thoughts about this coronavirus and you know the potential down market with a stock market i'm like this is a great time for us if it can slow down <laughs> yeah 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 exactly it's uh... So question number five, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend it? Uh, are they first time home buyer or are they uh, experienced? Whatever you want to answer. Well, as a first time home buyer, I would definitely suggest a house hack. You got $50,000. You don't need to go buy a new build townhouse where you're going to live in two rooms out of, you know, 1600 square feet. Mm -hmm. To be honest, if you're if you're trying to start out, your main goal should be to build equity and find opportunities to build wealth passively. So take that fifty thousand dollars at a five percent down payment as a first time homebuyer, you can do a shitload with that money. Go find a bungalow or go find something that you can convert into two units. Yeah, or, or rent rooms. Or just rent rooms if you're you know not confident in, in the whole duplex process. But if you're someone who's ambitious enough who can go through the process and learn the ropes about, you know, how to construct and build a house. You can work on evenings and weekends on the basement and then you can force appreciation. You can build equity. You can get cash flow from the future tenants and your properties and your, your mortgage is paying itself down all at the same time with $50,000. The problem I find is nowadays so many people are like, well, I need to have that 3000 square foot house. I just I have to. Well, it's just this area. I can't live in this area. It's just a terrible area. It's like, no, you can. You just don't want to. And yes, because of the fact that you don't want to, then you complain about the fact that, oh, it's so expensive to get into the market or I don't have any money or, or you know, I can't ever do that, right? It's all true. There's always some sacrifices to be made, right? You have to be uncomfortable for a short period of time to be very comfortable for a much longer period of time. Exactly. So, I tell people that if, if you had to live in that uncomfort for one year, but that one year could set you up for a financial future that you couldn't even imagine, would you do it? And that, that's the question I think that people need to really consider because people want the lifestyle that their parents have given them. And as like, I'm a millennial and often us millennials, like we were well off, you know, with parents taking care of us, went to good schools. It was a safe environment for the most part. Right. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, right. So if, you can break out of that norm because remember our parents worked up to that, paid their mortgages off for 30, God knows how many years, and then probably refinanced it a couple of times to, you know, put you through soccer practice. But mm -hmm. I'm just saying like if for you to get there too, you have to build and it's okay to live a little bit under your means in order to build and give yourself another rung of the ladder that you can step onto. I don't think that's a wrong thing and I encourage it. Yeah, absolutely. Multiple times to people, hence why it rolls off the tongue so fast. <laughs> uh, I've had friends that have like, you know, they, they have these massive properties and then, you know, they put all their money into it, they're mortgage poor, and they're asking me all these questions about, oh, like, 
how'd you do that? You're so lucky, man. You just like, it just comes to you. It's like, the luck is oh, funny. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's not a choice. It was like luck, you no, know, it, it, or they, they, you know, you must've come from money and it's like, no, some people just work really hard. Yeah. And you, have you work your hard. ass off for long enough consistently. You actually create your own luck over time. Absolutely. We luck couldn't is believe just in that opportunity more. versus prepared uh, to combine with preparedness. If you think about it, you have to go buy the lottery ticket to win it, right? That's, that's all I'm going to say. That's it. Awesome. Alex, Kaylee, if the listeners wanted to find out more about you or reach out, how can they do that? Our website. Check us out on www.palpropertysolutions with an S at the end, dot com. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or you can uh, give Facebook, us a Facebook, Instagram, yeah. social media. Yeah. yeah. What's your handle? Uh, at Kaylee E. Hearn. Uh, underscore property solutions. Yeah. Pal underscore property underscore solutions. Yeah. Awesome. Any final last words of advice? Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already doing uh, a tremendous amount more than you think you are. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't gone to a networking event, then you need to, because as you can listen to every podcast and read every book under the sun, but if you don't go and become uncomfortable, you always stay in the same place you are. The best things grow in shit. And you sometimes have to be uncomfortable to grow. That's it. Get uncomfortable. You heard it from the mouth of Alex. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Kaylee, for being on the show. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us, Sarah. It's a pleasure as always. And looking forward to our dinner dates or double date. Yes. Yes, we'd love to. Lots of wine. Plan to stay the night. All right, let's do it. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons. And at the time, they all seemed very valid. But as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away. And eventually, only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And, you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.